This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we're going to talk about are you new to rock hounding and go over some of the great reasons and different choices you have to be a rock hound. We're also going to talk about tungsten and then we're going to talk about gemstones, some that you might have never even heard of. We also have some great fossil news, got some updates on that, and let's, uh, before we get right into it, I want to thank you guys for tuning into the channel. Guys and gals all over the world, we're almost up to 40 countries. Please come on down and check out our social media. You can catch our links at our blog. That's RadicalRocksUSA.blogspot.com. You can get us on all sorts of social media. We have YouTubes, we have the blogs, and of course the podcasts. So thank you for checking that out. Um, seemed like I was going to tell you one more thing. Um, I will put that in the description, okay? So let's get right into it. One interesting bit uh, we've talked about, they're looking for water on the moon. On the website, https, semicolon, backslash, backslash, earthsky.org, you can find the article called Sophia Finds Water on Moon Sunlit Surface. This was uh, posted by Liva Rivera, and that is uh, on October the 27th. Now, there's uh, two articles that came out. There's another one, too. Uh, says this one's on fox40.com. It's called On the Moon, Water Everywhere, and Not a Drop to Drink Yet, in parenthesis. And uh, this article was written by Joy uh, Roulette in on a Reuters article on the 26th. Now, what they say in this article is that the moon doesn't have bodies of water, like the Earth, obviously, we know that, but the molecules that make up water, they're there. Everything's there. They're separated. And to make a long story short, because if you want the long story, you should probably look this up, you can see that uh, the cold, cold temperature on the cool side of the moon, a negative 260 degrees Fahrenheit, that is what has uh, kind of kept these things separated. But the possibility to reunite them and have water and ice uh, and extract these things are there. This could make the moon the next phase of uh, of a space station, basically, for interstellar travel uh, like we've never seen before. So these are all things that are up and coming. Now on the sunny side of the moon, the earthsky.org arg, uh, article, they have found what uh, is believed to be water that is down in these pockets. And this is actual water in these craters. There's two studies that have declared one of the largest crater formations on the sunlit side of the moon reveals they could be harboring plentiful patches of hidden ice, cold traps, permanently shadowed areas on both sides of the moon. So this is very exciting. Of course, a lot of things can be extrapolated from uh, those ingredients, hydrogen for fuel, uh, water, there's, you know, H2O, right? It's got all those possibilities built into it. So pretty exciting. I want to tell you 
we've done a lot of articles on amber. It seems that, you know, amber is being really checked out much further for the creatures that are in it. There's been some surprising discoveries. This one is on gizmodo.com. That's G-I-Z-M-O-D-D-O.com by George Dvorsky. And uh, it's called The Strangest Amber Fossils Ever Discovered. It seems like they just keep coming. And this one actually is a spider in the process of eating a uh, blood-sucking insect, a prehistoric, uh, I guess it would be a mosquito of some sort, that is there. So these findings have preserved these insects, sometimes even small invertebrates, sometimes little lizards. We heard about the gecko last month. All kinds of stuff. So pretty pretty exciting. Um, you can see the picture of this. Pouncing on a... Oh, it's a parasitic wasp. Parasitic wasp preserved in amber. And there's a beautiful image here where you can see that in great detail. It's crazy. Next, Kentucky's history worth celebrating. Now, on uh, marysville-online.com, there's an article, October 29th. And uh, there's no... I don't see any credit to any writer here. But uh, Kentucky, believe it or not, has uh, they're doing this celebration. They're celebrating their Native American history, celebrating all sorts of things. But one of the things that was kind of interesting that I didn't know, it doesn't give a date, but it says Kentucky is the location of the first large dinosaur bone, the first large bone fossil discovery. And believe it in or not, it uh, that archaeological spot is called Big Bone Lick. <laughs> so that was their first area where they pulled out these dinosaurs. They found many dinosaurs there, mastodons, giant sloths, and other discoveries all over in the area there. So pretty interesting history. You can check that out. Let's do one more dinosaur one. I think I have one or two left. Dinosaur eggs draw crowds to per Perem... Bill R. And this is in India. The article is the NewIndianExpress.com. Uh, it was published on the 23rd and uh, credited to P. Thurisilvum. And in this village, they found, and they have a picture here, these huge, looks like dinosaur eggs. There's uh, Looks like there's almost two dozen of them here. They look just like a dinosaur egg. But upon further examination, you know, they can put these things through an x-ray and stuff like that. They're kind of disappointed. They found out that they're only concretions. But the reason why is in this area, this uh, Arielnlar district has a large history of fossils being found there. And um, uh, they are hoping to find uh, eggs in the area. They found ammonite fossils. Um, it's a lot of stuff from the creation period. Um but never eggs, so they were all excited about this. All these scientists showed up, and, well, sometimes it isn't always what you think, right? you got to look inside to see what's really going on sometimes. Now, here's something. I don't know if I announced this in the beginning, but Roche, that's R-O-C-H-E. This is Latin. 
the definition and explanations, an article in the readjerusalem.com, and this is dated the 23rd by uh, Reej, R-E-J. Excuse me while I get a drink of coffee here. Now, what he did here is he broke up the definition for Latin, which is Roche, which is rock. And it goes in some detail. talks about these uh, Roche sedimentary, um, this flow, you know, from magma to sedimentary to metamorphic, showing that part of the stages kind of that make up the Earth's crust in general, how it can be made up of these things talks about the aggregation of these things, how it's made up of rocks, other rocks, the earth's crust, right? Those rocks by several different mineral types. Goes into how common uh, calcite is in this, limestones, marbles, quartz, granites, basalts, all these main makeups of what constitutes the majority of our crust, of the rocks that we see on the face of the earth. Above surface, typically. All the way from sands, they talk about the tie to the Greek word, how it came from stone. They talk about classifications. It goes into igneous rocks in some some description. Um, kind of gets a little bit deep. Um, divides rock into three different properties. Loose stones, sand, clay, crumbly stones, chalk, and rocks such as granite. Uh, also rocks that are more or less hard, or less hard, like talcum, and of course harder would be sedimentary rock, corundum, diamond, things like that, all the way through. Um, goes through and talks about permeability, which is its ability for water to pass through it, um, texture, all of these different details. And then it just the article just kind of stops short, but pretty interesting for those who want to get in a little deeper on the rocks and minerals. Again, that's readjerusalem.com. Um, just look up Roche hyphen R O C H E definition and explanations, and that article will come up and you can find out more about it. Now, before we get into a couple really interesting articles, one on tungsten, one on a gemstone that you may have never heard of, but yet it's the most popular for a lot of jewelers. I've got one more fossil story that uh, I skipped out on. Now, we've reported about this giant bird that was discovered in the Antarctic. Um, they keep doing research on it. Uh, it was first kind of described like maybe some sort of a pterodactyl family. But in reality, they found out this bird is like a giant albatross. The wingspan, an incredible 21 feet long. This bird is uh, now said to be the largest flying bird because remember the other birds were dinosaurs. Um, maybe you know a different type of species. What's so uh, you know altogether, not not your typical bird, but another another species, the pterodactyls and that type of, of bird. So these birds, they uh, kind of look at the albatross to know that they can fly over the sea for weeks, just soaring and soaring, and they feel that these ones probably did too, probably flew all over the earth back in the ancient earth. So uh, this article is on bcfocus.com. The article uh, came out on the 30th. 
I don't see credit for an author. Oh yeah, BC Fadmin. I think that's someone's email number, you know, address. Giant Antarctic bird fossil. Uh, Wonder, the largest bird in the world filled with 21-foot wings flying Antarctic fossil of a 50-million-year-old giant bird with a 21-foot wingspan identified. That's a long title, but that's what it is if you want to look it up. Now to some of our keynote addresses. I think I'll go into the Tungsten article. This one caught my eye. I get a lot uh, doing my research. I get a lot of articles on gold mining, diamond mining, you know, common mining, mineral mining for construction and things like that. Very speculative. A lot of reports come out. I go through a lot of this information. A lot of it's just not that interesting to pass on to you guys. But some once in a while stuff piques my interest. Um, this one's miningnewsnorth.com, dot. Um, www.miningnewsnorth.com and it's uh, a date uh, just came out here it was written by Shane Lastly in Mining News not seeing the date here it just says 2020 but tough tungsten at a high supply risk in the United States so we rely heavily on China for strategic metals Tungsten is used for um, to strengthen steel. It's also one of the most durable, uh, extremely durable metals that uh, is used in a ton of different sectors. They use it to, in the um, the nozzles for rockets when you see rockets flying, and it has the highest melting point of all the elements. So it's often used in rocket engine nozzles and uses like that where you need something that's really able to handle the high temp. It's also used, like I said, to strengthen steel. China is supporting most of it, more than 80% of uh, all the 85 metric tons of tungsten are produced by China. Now, hang on, there's some interesting stuff here that you might kind of like, especially if you're a gold prospector um, or if you're looking for something different. Um, They're are looking for resources in Alaska, which some of them have been located. This uh, talks about it quite a bit, and you can read more about that if you want. But as I read through this article, which is quite lengthy, um, when you are panning for gold, a lot of those black sands, if you're in a tungsten area, it's very likely that you have a lot of tungsten in there. So always save your black sands because they can have platinums, they can have tungstens, they can have a lot of things. So if you are collecting a lot of black sand, it might pay to have someone analyze that and uh, see what kind of minerals are in there because you might be um, you might be pulling out some valuable stuff there, right? It says here, considering the amount of tungsten that shows up in plaster gold mining concentrates, often called black sands due to the color of this heavy mineral captured in sluice boxes and other gravity gold recovery system, tungsten is common across Alaskan's eastern interior. So I know it's probably found in a lot of other areas where there's tungsten and gold. All right. Okay, one more article. This article is pretty cool. Let me get another swig of coffee here to try to keep my voice going. All right. Jewelers love this colored gemstone that no one else has heard of. This was 
published uh, today on the 29th by in-store staff. There is no creditor here, no credit. You go to HTTPS semicolon backslash backslash instoremag.com. Boom, there it is. Scroll down, you're going to see a beautiful little emerald color stone. Looks pretty spectacular. What the heck is it? It is Trav- Trevor Right. Transfer right. T S A V O R I T E. Now, if you ask somebody what their favorite gemstone is, you're going to get, you know, if they're a rock hound, you're probably going to hear about some sort of <laughs> lapidary or mineral, right? But the normal person, you're going to hear, oh, diamond, uh, ruby, sapphire, whatever, right? Sometimes you might hear someone say, oh, aquamarine or morganite. Or maybe um, some of the other ones that you see in the jewelry store. Maybe pink, a pink uh, quartz or something. Or uh, maybe they might even say uh, tremoline. You see some tremoline out there now. But of all these jewelers that were asked, they surveyed uh, hundreds and hundreds of jewelers. They got more than 300 responses for the tress variety. So, pretty interesting. I think these stones are worth checking. They had top 15. Second was spindle. Next was alexandrite, which I really love alexandrite. That is a cool stone. Uh, Sphene, um, andalusite, um, beninite. I think that's the one that uh, comes out of California, the blue one. Uh, Particular kind of sapphire. Parabola, tourmaline, kunzite, kyanite, apatite, uh, demantoid, garnet, indicolite, that's beautiful, can be green or blue, um, some of that's in South America, blue zircon, or tanzanite, or yeah, that's that's tanzanite, and then uh, crystal beryl, cat's eye from tanzanite, so you can imagine how beautiful that is, we just talked about cat's eyes a while back. So, hey, guys and gals, uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got any ideas for a show or you want me to talk about something particular, go ahead and check out the description. I'll put uh, the address in there where you can get a hold of us. Join up and join in. Remember, rock hounds don't die. They petrify.